Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey everyone, if you've just joined, do say hello. Yes, Dave, we're live. Yeah, it's Twitch now. You get the. I always used to get the notifications, but now I don't oh. anymore. Oh, never mind, mate. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, Andy and Dave here. Uh, another Tuesday tune in. Second of second Tuesday tune in of 2021. Um, yeah. If you just joined us, do say hello. Um, do comment. I've seen a, a few people jo- join in as always. Brooke. Brooke, it's been a few weeks, mate. What's going on? You, mu- you must be working from home, surely. <laughs> hey, Brooke. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Brooke, Mark, Dave, Joe, Joe, Paula, Sarah, Julie, Sophie, Amanda. Great to see you on. Um, Sophie, is this your first live? Wow. Um, or your first one actually watching live? Well, welcome. Um, yeah, it's relatively the same watching it in a replay, but I suppose you can get involved a bit more. So, yeah, any questions, mate, do comment, um, uh, obviously below with any questions you got today. Dave, all about flights. It's the one, yeah, one. yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, we're uh, we we, we want to stay positive and you know, to keep flying high. Oh, David, I'm a bad, I'm a bad example of you. No, no, yeah, sorry, I, I was, I, I, I was waiting to see if I could hear everyone's laughter, but obviously no. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a you know pertinent topic at the moment. You know, um, yeah. everywhere and everywhere, flights are being changed, delayed, you know, cancelled, rebooked, um, and also we've noticed that there's a lot of questions because it's that time where you know pre-season, even though the season's obviously been disrupted, you know, people are still thinking about it and looking at flights. So yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, we're going to cover it all today. Yeah, great stuff. Cheers, mate. Okay, yeah, well, uh, loads of people joining us now. Um, yeah, I want to say hello to everyone if you can, but um, yeah, cheers for joining us. Bry, always, he's uh, he loves this, doesn't he, every Tuesday. Yeah. I think um, we need to come up with an award for, like, the person who's been on the most lives. I wonder if we can track that. Well, that would be, like, I think, uh, 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 to be honest, I think I would put Brian, Shona, Shana, uh, Shona ah, hey, that's a beer, and... Um, Diane and maybe Ramona. I think yeah. Tamarin would be a close second. I don't know, uh, old Marky Boy Van Rossum, James Ashton <laughs> might be up there. I, I, honestly, I uh, I don't know who we'd have to give the award to. It would be an awkward one. It would actually, yeah. I take a lot of tracking, but um, anyway, it's it's great to see you know heaps of people join us again. Uh, obviously, continuing along into the journey that is 2021. So it was a little different, a lot different to last year. Yeah. But um, yeah, right. Flights, Dave. And we've had heaps of questions come in on the emails anyway. Um, yeah. Email that went out um, an hour or so ago. So I think we'll 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 crack on with them because there's a few of them, Dave. Um, yeah. With regards to flights, and I know uh, when we're talking about flights, that's anything from you know obviously booking booking your flights to rescheduling your flights to which airports to go to. It could even mean. You know, in terms of what types of bags that you know, because some people prefer to take a suitcase rather than a duffel bag onto air. You'd, you'd be amazed. I had that question with you the first time I went to EDC. Did. I remember saying to Andy, like, Andy, help me. What do I do? Do I bring my stuff in a suitcase or a duffel bag, or do yeah. I pack my duffel bag in my suitcase? <clears throat> you know, these are these are questions that, like, I don't know. That seems to be a biggie. I know it was a big one in my mind because, yeah, I, it was easier to focus on that than, am I going to make it? What's the altitude doing? Never, never mind that big problem. Let's focus on what you know. Where do I pack? Garmin, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I just saw um, a great question by Dave, and it's not relevant, but you know what? I like your question, Dave. Can you use a day sack at night? 
So he's definitely on the same level as you, Dave, when it comes to puns. I think it must be the name Dave. It must bring yeah. bring something out in, in you guys. But uh, yes, yeah. you can, Dave. Yes, you can bring um, use a day sack at night. Um, yeah, hey. Hey, you should change them. We should have a day and night sack, shouldn't we? It's always nighttime somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. You, know, you can use uh, that excuse not just for day sacks, but if you fancy a beer at 11 in the morning as well, you know? Any excuse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Let, let's, uh, let's, let's go deep into the, the, uh, the, the tune in then. Um, okay. Questions. Right. We've had a few come in. Obviously, Lauren is on the, um, yeah, is on the phones, as we like to say. First one's from Sarah, Sarah Bishop. Um, hey, Sarah. Um, she's got a few different questions. Um, so we'll, we'll answer them all. So, yeah, my question would be, how much time do you recommend leaving after the trek um, is finished uh, going to Everest Base Camp? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'll take this one on. With regards to, to your flights, you can uh, – most people tend to stick to the itinerary, if you like, which is, you know, obviously a, a 15 days for the Everest Base Camp, a classic route. And basically you get – when you arrive back into Kathmandu from Lukla, uh, you know, all going well. Uh, it's the day before you're kind of due to leave Nepal. Um, so that's the that's the kind of standard way. But, you know, more and more people now are uh, trying to leave themselves, you know, a couple of buffer days, one or two, which means, uh, you know, you get to enjoy Kathmandu. Plus, if there is any weather delays, then you've got a little bit of a buffer there as well. So although we've, um, you know, rarely delays happen, but, you know, we have to be open and honest, they do happen because of the where Lukler is and because of the weather that, that happens there um yeah you know it's it's definitely if you want to book uh, an extra day on the end or two just let us know um you know we can we can just make sure there's obviously accommodation for you rooms available at the hotel so uh when you like for instance if you're booking your flights and you upload them to the members area on the website um obviously we'll get that info because it shows that you're you're sort of departed two days after say the trip ends so we know then okay we'll be um uh, we could get an extra couple of nights for you. So, yes, Sarah, I hope that answers that question. Um, she's got a few more, though, Dave, and she, do you want to take on the next one? Um, yeah, so uh, let's uh, finish it. Our original flights were scheduled for late evening, the day after the day the trek officially finished, i.e., would we flow back from Lukla yep. the day before? Is this enough time normally to account for poor weather, getting back to Lukla? Are airlines flexible? Oh, yeah, so essentially it's all about the same sort of stuff. Personally, say I recommend, yeah, like like Andy said, you know, have a day at the end. Um, so normally, so the EBC trip is 15 days, okay? So day one being arrive in Nepal, day 15 being leave Nepal, day 14 would when you would arrive back in Kathmandu from the mountain. So you arrive back in Kathmandu, hopefully sort of late morning, you have the rest of the day that night, and then you'd leave the next day. If you have an extra day, it means day 15, everything's up to you, you know? Most likely you're gonna arrive on time, um, and then you can just go, you know, back to me and Andy, like always have a day or two extra. We go to Budanath, we have a big breakfast, coffee there, do some souvenir shopping under our own time. And it's nice just to like get to know Nepal, you know, you can jump in some taxis, travel around, go go places on your own steam. Um, so yeah, having a day or two extra at the end is is pretty good. With regards to how flexible your international flights are, I think it depends on who you go with. Most people, I mean, if you miss a flight, ordinarily, you know, that done you have to book another one if you know you're going to miss it in advance and quite often you can contact them let them know and um i've changed the flight before but i actually bought one early um so i had to leave uh Kathmandu. i had like a week extra at the end of the trip and we i decided to bring it forward a few days and it cost me about 250 pounds to, to do it um yeah. but it, it was worth it for the for the reasons we did it but um yeah nice. hopefully that kind of gives you a good idea of everything that you know 
Um, it's one of those where I can't for certain say what it's going to be, but if you have a day or two extra, you're going to be fine either way. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of, um, you know, let's, let's remember, isn't it? I mean, we, we talk about this when we're, when we're going to Kili or, you know, if we're going to, um, you know, like Morocco or even, like, you know, Machu Picchu in Peru. There's so much more to see than, than just the trekking side. So, you know, if, if, you, if you are, you know, into your traveling and you want to see a bit more than just the mountains, um, you know, there's other stuff to see, um, you know, certainly. And if you booked on any of our trips, just drop us a little email, um, you know, to info at uk, and we can kind of guide you into any any other sort of add-ons or options. Um, yeah. uh, we have sort of made it now that some of the additional um, uh, sort of, you know, we almost call it like pimping up your trip, if you like, which is, you know, there's some add-ons that we, we kind of have put together. Um, and you should be able to see them in your members area now. If you go in there, it'll say uh, basically about your members area. Have a little look. For any questions, just drop us a message, um, yeah. you know, especially for anything like Nepal, things like that. Yeah. Um, right, so... Yeah, go on. Go for it, Dave. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. I, 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 thought, I thought you were finishing. <laughs> I was going to slide in seamlessly. But, um, yeah, so Sam he said, if traveling via Doha, how much yeah. time should you allow between flights? Personally, I'd say at least sort of two hours. Um, at least two hours. Like, me and Andy have tend, we've had everything from, I remember one trip when we were coming back from Tanzania, and we literally had to run from, we had about yeah, an hour and a half. Hour and a half, and that was too close because if there's any yeah. delay, particularly leaving like Kathmandu, um, and if you leave like Tanzania, you know, the smaller airports and stuff like that, there tend to be weather delays and things. So, me and Andy had to sprint from one plane to the other. Um, so yeah, that, that was probably that. Uh, to be honest, it was really fun when we got there because we got upgraded for free, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, however, I would say at least two hours just to account for any delays. But when you think about it, you know, how often do planes get delayed by an hour? If that happens, you've only got an hour then to, to, to get through the airport and stuff like that. So two hours is, is a minimum. A comfort blanket, I would say about four hours. Um, you know, and there is a there is a thing. So if you have a delay of more than, I think, seven hours or eight hours and there's not an alternative, you can get a hotel in Doha. So you leave the airport and you go and get a hotel um i had i deliberately gave myself a layover of 14 hours because i knew i'd be tired so i went and got a hotel had a good eight hours yeah. sleep and then came back to the airport um, it's, a good, it's a great idea dave as well isn't it i mean i think if um if anyone's got the time certainly i mean you know not not, not saying you know explore doha you can um you know we we necessarily haven't but even just having like a night's sleep at the hotel before you get back sometimes can be nice even yeah. if if you've got i think if it's over eight hours in Doha, and if you go to the transit desk um, in Doha Airport, it's really cheap, sometimes free, depending on who you've booked with. You get actually a hotel that you can just sleep for, so even just yeah. for like four hours, and you've got transfer. I mean, I think we paid uh, like $60, and it was a five star hotel, and we got like six yeah. hours sleep before our connecting flights. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So it might be free, but like Andy said, if you've yeah. got like, it takes about probably two and a half hours, right, to get through the airport. Yeah. And actually, from the time you like land to like sitting in your bed at the hotel, so factor that in. It's only a yeah. short trip of about half an hour in a taxi, maybe less. Um, but man, it's good just to have a good hot meal, a shower, change of clothes, you know, a few hours sleep, and then back to the hotel. It's honestly, it's yeah. changed everything for me. Like, I usually factor in a plus eight hour gap in Doha so yeah. I can go out in a, and get it. Um, yeah, good question, though. But, um, um, you know, Sam made a good point. I mean, Doha is, is, is in Qatar, so with Qatar Airlines. And, you know, they are one of the most popular um, airlines to use now if we're thinking about airlines to get anywhere, really. 
Uh, I mean, we're in South Wales, so uh, Cardiff Airport, you know, we hope this continues, but Cardiff Airport's a relatively small airport and they are changing a lot. But at the moment, Qatar Airlines is there. So, you know, we, we do use Qatar, but you can use them from uh, Heathrow, uh, Gatwick. Um, you know, there are, um, I think, Manchester, Birmingham, I think. I'll have to double check. But essentially, um, you know, you can use it most of the UK. I think in Scotland, just so I think now if they fly from Edinburgh, but essentially you can get a connecting flight down to London and then Qatar. Yeah. They seem to be a really popular choice at the moment. I'd say at least half of, of Evertrekkers tend to use Qatar from what from what we from what we see. So um, yeah. you know, definitely a go-to airline if you're thinking about right, nice and easy. Um, you know, I mean, we're not actually a, uh, affiliates with Qatar or anything like that. But um, you know, we we talk about just from our own experience, they tend to be nice and streamlined. Their processes are really good. And one thing I've heard from a lot of people in the group on the Facebook group is that they're really good for reschedules. And refunds as well. So essentially, if um, you know your flights get cancelled or you need to re- reschedule, they're, they're they're really good at that. So just something to think about. Um, yeah. yeah, with with Qatar. Awesome. Um, let's have a quick look. So Phil yeah, yeah. Costin, um, have you done the Annapurna circuit trek? And if I so, know. what you like and what you compare to BBC? So personally, I've not actually trekked a lot of the Annapurna, but we've been as far as like Pokhara and then past Pokhara up into. Mm-hmm where this camp is. Um, although I've got a lot of experience with EBC and I know about the difference. So what I would potentially say, the difference, to be honest, is Annapurna, although still very popular, is not as busy as the EBC circuit. Yeah. So it tends to be quieter. You'll see less people. Um, it's very pretty and, you know, like it's stunning. Like the mountain ranges and the views you get of Mount Fishtail and the Annapurna is, yeah. is stunning. So as beautiful, um, you know, you can argue all day about which, you know, which offers the best views, the Everest region or... Annapurna, but um, yeah, most people tend to go to Everest first because it's that draw. They want to see the biggest mountain on earth, yeah. and then they tend to go to Annapurna and love it just as much. Um, I would say difference in the main difference really is in terms of logistics. There's no flight yeah. to Lukla involved. You can either fly to Pokhara or drive. So delays for Annapurna tend to be few and far between. Yeah, rare, very rare. Yeah, and um, and yeah, so there's a so there's a lot of like you know less sort of stress with regards to timescales and things because you don't have to worry about like delays. Um, P.S. We cross paths in October 18th when we're on our way to EBC. <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I oh you know I, Phil, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I met um, met Phil in Namche. Um, I think he was at the Nest. Um, yeah, Phil, if you're watching, of course I remember you, mate. We um, yeah, it was great. Basically, I I was with um, I was doing a private trip with Just Eat up to Everest Base Camp and um yeah obviously there's other ever trek trips going on at the time and caught yeah. up with the guys in one of the um uh, the lodges. Yeah it was great to catch up with you Phil. Um yeah hope you're well. I know you're you're, you're coming back with us with uh, Annapurna. Obviously we can't wait to have you again mate. Um I'm sure we'll we'll see each other again when we we can uh, run these trips mate. But yeah great to I mean Annapurna as Dave said it's it's a beautiful beautiful part of the Himalayas. Um, and logistically, it's a lot easier to get to, and you get the added bonus of seeing a bit of Pokhara as well, a different part of Nepal that you would have seen before. So yeah, you'll, you'll absolutely love that. Um, in terms of challenge level, it's like like Dave said, relatively the same. Um, it's a little bit different. There's a few more roads closer to the Annapurna region, which, although makes logistics easier, can take that spark away from it sometimes. You know, if you trek in and there's a road over there. Where the Everest region is, as you know, Phil, and, and a lot of people, there's no roads. Um, you know, so yeah, and that's only just the first couple of days. And then then you're off, um, you know, around the Annapurna region. It's fine. 
Uh, but yeah, just something to think about because I know people ask about that with regards to Everest or Annapurna. Um, and, you know, they're, they're both amazing. I mean, why not do both? You know, we've got plenty of time when, when we can, when we can, that is, when we're allowed. Yeah. Um, but right, yes, uh, Heather, I just, um, uh, let's have a little look. So she's mentioned about Peru, um, about in terms of the airport uh, to fly to, is the internal one to Cusco included in the trip? Yeah, Dave, I know we've, um, obviously with this, because when we, with, with South America, it's relatively new for us, but we've um, we've kind of, in terms of launching it, um, you know, we, we, we wanted to make it as easy as we could. So, yeah, we've got to internal flights. They're included. The international ones aren't. So get in there because um, basically you fly into Lima and then there's an airport or the hotel. Um, so one of the reps sort of uh, meets you there, uh, take you to the hotel, obviously check in. And then the, the, the sort of morning after, I mean, depending on when your flight is, you then get transferred to uh, your flight, your internal flight uh, to Cusco. Okay. Yeah. Um, so apologies for the uh, any confusion about that, Heather. Yeah, we've, Peru is sort of brand new to us, really, if you like, over the last 12 months. But um, yeah, apologies if there's any conflicting information there. Um, hope that sort of clears up a little bit. So yeah, like I said, the internal flights are included to get from yeah. Lima to Cusco. Okay. Um. Nice, Dave. Any? Uh, what, what's the next question, mate? We got any? anyway. So what, Dave uh, Geary? Um, well, as a beast. So um, basically, happy New Year to you, Dave. Hope you're well, my friend. Um, in respect to flights, what dates and times do your flights need to arrive and depart from Kathmandu in relation to EDC? Um, so, for instance, uh, yeah. okay. So basically, you know, uh, as I said before, uh, EDC trip is a 15-day itinerary. Day one being the day you arrive in Nepal, and day 15 yeah. being the day you need to leave. So, for instance, your trips are Saturday the 9th to Saturday the 23rd of October. So you need to leave the UK on Friday the 8th of October. Um, so your flight, Heathrow, wherever it is, Friday the 8th of October. You'll fly through the air for quite a while, and then you'll land in Kathmandu on Saturday the 9th of October. And then we'll pick you up, and that's your start date. Yeah. The leaving date is up to you. That Well, not, well half up to you. Uh, the earliest you can leave is the 23rd of October. So you arrive back from the mountains, you land in Kathmandu, you spend an evening and then you would fly the next day. Um, or you can have an extra day or an extra two days or a week or three weeks or a month or a year. It's up to you how long you want to stay afterwards. You just let us know. Um, you don't have the luxury of extending your stay. I should have read that first. <laughs> you delivered the <laughs> holidays. So what are the optimum times to arrive? Okay, so yeah. So you're going to need to, like I said, leave the UK the day before on Friday the 8th, yeah. arrive on Saturday the 9th, leave on the 23rd. Um, times I would say you need to book your flight um, with two factors in. Having enough time in your layover, like we discussed earlier, like you know, two to four hours minimum. And we want you to, well, we'd like you to arrive in Kathmandu as early as you can. <clears throat> Excuse me. It means that you're, um, you have time to get picked up, go to the hotel, get refreshed, have a shower, wander in Kathmandu, and then go for your evening meal without a, without a rush. And in relation to when you leave, it's entirely up to you, totally open. You have the entire window of the 23rd of October to do it. It doesn't matter because it, it's all on you. So just try and figure it out by what time you want to arrive in the UK and go from there. Um, yeah, nice. Um, just going to bring something in as well, Mark. Um, yeah, Mark uh, bought one of our Evertrek jackets um uh, probably before, yeah way before christmas now wasn't it we were trying to get them out before christmas and with yeah. the deliveries and stuff over over christmas but yeah great to see that you got it mark i know a lot of our ever have who have bought one of the jackets raising obviously much needed funds for um you know the support team in, and the guides uh in the yeah. um so mark great stuff 
Um, no worries, mate. We, you know, always uh, always like to add a bit of sweets in there, um, just if you're going out for a trek. But yeah, glad you like them. And um, yeah, just while we're on that subject, um, Lauren, if you're watching, can you pop the link uh, in the comments as well? Because if anyone does want to grab one of these jackets, we are having another batch made. Yeah. Um, obviously, that you know, it's been fantastic, and we've had you know heaps of, of donations now. Obviously, we're, they're hundred pounds the jackets, but all the profits then go to the the guides out there. And um, Anuj, who's our operations manager, um, I will post a couple of pictures about this. Um, uh, did a nice little sort of mini ceremony, if you like. They, they're trying to be as safe as they can in Kathmandu because it's still, you know, uh, the, you know, the pandemic's still going. And, and you know, so yeah. in terms of meeting big groups of people, it's you've got, got to be a bit careful, especially in Kathmandu. So, yeah, but, yeah, we did do that. And they gave, um, you know, much needed supplies to the guys in Kathmandu yeah. uh, and some funds as well, because obviously there's, there's, there's still no trekking going on and um yeah very um yeah we were well super chuffed um with with yeah. regards to how much we raised um but yeah if you want to get the jackets just thought i'd throw that in there um click the link that lauren's going to post and grab yourself a jacket um again uh, you know it takes sort of four to six weeks essentially now with regards to getting produced in nepal shipped over and then we'll we'll, we'll send them out individually then um but yeah grab one of the jackets guys thought we'd um, get that in there Cheers, yeah awesome awesome yeah i mean you'll, you'll see some cool pictures when um they had a big day in it where they got together all of like the food the supplies yeah. sent it out to the villages sent money to the support the people in Kathmandu. it was it was really great i mean awesome absolutely awesome um okay next one marky van ah let's have a, a quick question completely up topic i remember yeah. All oh, right. Garmin Activity Watch a few weeks ago. Can you remind us which one it is? Okay. Yeah. So I've had quite a few of these. I've worked my way up. I used to use Sunto, but the Garmin I've got now is the Phoenix 6 Pro Solar. I'll be honest, it's quite expensive. It was quite a luxury treat. Um, but now it is really, really good. It does a lot of like multi sports and stuff like that. Monitors your um, heart rate and oxygen levels. Yeah. I, you know, they're not going to be as accurate as like, you know, a hospital would mark it but it gives you a really honest indication you know so if your heart rate's high it'll tell you it's high you know um so mine apparently is 68 at the minute so i must be quite amped up um and then, you know yeah it's quite high for you <laughs> yeah and uh blood oxygen levels and stuff like that so um and the battery is really good um i did use it um to kilimanjaro and the solar aspect of this is brilliant it doesn't yeah um so when you're using it obviously you'll burn through the battery quite quickly the solar aspect of it can give you like an extra day to three days yeah um, so just taking the edge off so yeah have a have a look at it let me know what you think other ones yeah. uh, i had a sunto 9 which is really good but just didn't quite have as many features as the garmin um that's so, the thing yeah. with, with sunto and garmin i mean essentially they, they all do a similar sort of thing but yeah there's a few sort of trade-offs uh sunto has better battery battery life yeah, not as user friendly as the Garmin's. I mean, Garmin's a, you know, I got a Garmin here. This is Phoenix Five, the one sort of um, the model before Dave's, and uh, you know they're really reliable. But you know they do get more advanced. Uh, you know, a lot of them are like Dave. Yours is touchscreen, right? Is yours touchscreen? No, 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 not touchscreen. No, um, the Sunto was, but actually, I don't particularly, I don't particularly like the touchscreen. But like, there's some mine there, yeah, and then you can see nice like well, the light at the back is for. Um, yeah the pulse and yeah and then it's like you know it's, it's got a really good screen so it, there's no glare on it and stuff so the sun yeah. one of the big things i didn't quite like about it was when the sun hits it like you couldn't really see it with this like i'm not sure what the name of the type of screen it is 
but it's it's really good. What happens is me and Andy tend to leapfrog each other because we bought our watches at different times. So yeah. Andy had like the Fenix five, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then he has that for a number of years, <laughs> and I buy the six. And in a little while, Andy will get the seven, and then I'll be like, oh god, I wish I had the seven. I'm pretty happy with this, unless unless it, it changes drastically. I mean, essentially. You know, it depends on what you use them for. I mean, okay, you know, mm. they are a bit of a treat. I mean, they are expensive these days. Um, I think this was four or five hundred pounds. I bought it probably eighteen months ago, two years ago. And um, you know, if you're out and about and you're using it, you know, great for navigation. Um, you know, Garmin has a lot of different things. So I, I, I think Steve, uh, Stephen Edwards mentions there about using your Garmin any good for golf. Yeah, I do actually use this for golf as well. Um, you know, if you're running because uh, it's got like um, obviously it's got Strava. It's got, uh, I think it's called Garmin Connect, which yeah. brings it to, um, you know, you get all the data then that you, you know, heart rates, ascent, all that jazz. So it depends what you're using it for. Um, but, you know, very popular Garmin. They're great. I think there's loads out there. Um, I know we, we, we talked about it uh, just for Christmas, didn't we? We talked about different sort of yeah. watches, if you like, uh, active watches. And yeah, but Garmin, Garmin are really good. You won't go far wrong. But if you, I think Kim's mentioned there, uh, about the descent uh, if you're a diver and yeah i i used to use a lot of sumto because i'm a i'm a scuba diver as well and um you know with regards to to sort of garmin they're not really i say sumto you know historically owned the that kind of avenue if you like um you know with regards to diving then they moved into the active yeah. watches you know so i do like sumto when it comes to diving watches uh, and computers um but yeah i mean there's yeah if check out that one i haven't heard of that one actually kim so i'll definitely I'll check the descent out. Um, yeah, definitely nice. And they work on planes. <laughs> they, do. <laughs> so, yeah. they do work on planes. Um, here we go. Right. So just going through them, I think we've got uh, Joel Palmer. Joel, uh, yeah, nice to see you on the live. Uh, does anyone in Kathmandu sell Newcastle Brown Ale? Um, they do actually. Uh, the Irish pub. Um, is an Irish, yeah. It, I only, I didn't drink it in Kathmandu, but I saw it. It was on offer because I used to drink. Newcastle Brown uh, years ago when I was living in Thailand for a random reason. But I had a good friend from Newcastle and she was like, right, have some Newcastle Brown ale. So I was okay. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I quite like it. So um, yeah, but they do sell it in Kathmandu. I'd have seen it there. Uh, there's an Irish, uh, well, there's two Irish pubs in Tamil. And uh, yeah, that's your challenge, John. Um, yeah, crack on and see if you can find it Yeah. Um, uh, when you're in there. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Lewis Black booked EBC for April. Would you recommend still booking flights early or hold off a bit in case the UK stays in lockdown? Yeah, so it's a really good one, actually, Lewis, and very apt um, because of the situation. I mean, Dave, it's, I know we, we, we talked a lot of this about last week, aren't we, that we you know we have told people, not told people, advised people that the yeah. spring could be affected. So it's it's really one of those, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard to say, yes, go ahead, book your flights. It's yeah. going to happen because it's, it's still up in the air at the moment to be fair to you um uh, you know if you do book them and i go back to what i said earlier about booking with an airline where you can change them yeah last minute like if you booked your flights great and you've got them locked in so if it does go ahead great you've got your flights and then you can you can reschedule them um you know that's something to think about um you know so i mean on as i'm saying this um you know if you did book them just to lock them in and then have the option with the airline yeah, you reschedule. Then that could be something to think about. I think. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a couple of things you can do as well to kind of look at yeah. look at look after yourself sort of financially. Um, yeah. We know that things are uncertain with regards to flights at the minute, so we totally appreciate that. 
between now and April, there's probably not going to be a huge difference in the cost. So you've got a little bit of time to hang it out and see what happens. Um, but if you order, so first thing I'll do is like anytime you buy flights, think about getting your insurance first. Yeah. Um, you know, the, or, or at least have insurance, you know, with your bank or somewhere that covers the cost of the flight. Um, secondly, if you do it on your credit card or you or pay for them with like PayPal and stuff like that, normally you have like uh, financial protection there where you can just claim it back through PayPal or the credit card company. Um, so you, you haven't lost anything. And also by going with um, going direct to the airlines, as opposed to going through, you know, if you go through like Skyscan and Momondo, those things, you will get cheaper flights. Yeah, but they're sold to you by very small agencies, you know, so they don't have the capacity for refunds, for flexibility and rescheduling like you would direct with the airline. So if you go direct with the airline, you might pay a little extra, but think of it as like, you know, paying for peace of mind, because, you know, if you need to deal with them, um, it, it makes life so much easier. And um, yeah, I just know if someone is on Peter Ferguson, do you think flights will continue from Ramachap or revert back to uh tia well i think we're well i'm i'm very certain they're gonna go from uh Kathmandu. yeah um, yeah, we were, yeah the what happened previously was they were doing the travel to nepal and tourism nepal is growing year on year and what's happening is Kathmandu international airport tribuvan airport is very small it only has one international runway so to land all those planes was taking a long time so they were renovating the airport now what that meant was that it, it put a little bit of a question mark over not every domestic flight to Luklo was going to go. We knew that. Yeah. And we had to make a call and we made the call in the interest of getting you to EBC, which is, you know, the ultimate goal to go from Ramachap. Then there's no question about it. We know the flights are going from Ramachap. Um, we know that some people, yes, they went from Kathmandu. We know a lot of other people as well went to Kathmandu, waited for four hours, their flight got canceled and then it was too late to go to Ramachap. So they lose a day. And yeah. um, that cocked things up like quite bad for those guys. So we, we, uh, but you know, as far as we're aware, we've got no indication that there's any more work being done and that we're okay to go back to Kathmandu. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, yeah, cheers, Peter. Um, it's, it's certainly one of those, it's a, it's a good option to have now. Now we know the processes and, and, you know, it was, was one of those things that, yeah, the, you know, good old uh, Nepalese, um, you know, airport told us and said, right, uh, yeah, sorry, we're going to close the airport for a bit. Um, we were like, okay, what do we do? But, you know, every every travel company was in the same boat. And, yeah. uh, luckily, we, uh, you know, our guys, uh, especially Anuj, uh, he was ahead of the game a bit and, and booked accommodation that was quite close to um, um, quite close to uh, the airport. So, yeah, it was very lucky, really. Um, yeah. but, you know, it's it's also as well, I think a lot of people that came back said, yeah, it was, it was bumpy, it was long, it was I was tired. But you know what? They saw a part of, of Nepal they, they wouldn't have would never have seen. Um, and that was a that was a great kind of way. And you know, we 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 have had feedback and saying, oh, you know, it was it was a bit long and, and this and that and, and bumpy, etc. And yeah, it's you know, we, we have to remind uh, remind ourselves sometimes that this is adventure travel. Um, you know, things don't always go to plan. This is uh, this is part of the game, really. Um, you know, it's not a trip to Disneyland, and we have to remember that. Um, although we we plan well, you know always planning for the best um these kind of things are uh, part of the journey and yeah it is it is seeing part of that part of nepal was fantastic yeah. i remember because i've done ramachat twice and although i was like geez you know four and a half hour drive and then a flight and i was thinking you know it is it's a mission but you know what it's um it is all about the journey and especially on the on the way there and stopping off in the villages and you know it certainly added something to it i think um you know and, and i know we've we've had 
some people who loved it, some people who haven't. But you know, yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm not going into it. Like Dave said, uh, it's not that we're we're planning to do that at all. But um, yeah. what he was on him as well. I did see his message on the Facebook group, and he said about don't use FlySharp. Not great at rescheduling flights. Um, yeah, cheers, Peter. It's, it's always good to get feedback about different companies who you book flights through. So yeah, FlySharp. Um, yeah, good. Uh, so like like I said, always good to know who to use and who not to use. Um, so cheers for for sharing that, Peter, and uh, obviously great to tell everyone else as well because yeah. I want them to have the issues that you've been having, mate. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully you sort that out. Yeah, um, awesome, great stuff. Yeah, what's next, Dave? Um, so next we've got um, well, I've literally just refreshed and, and lost it. Um, so yeah, uh, James Ashley, um, the Lord himself, has asked, uh, hey. do, we do, airport, "Do we do airport pickups at all the airports?" So yes, all included. Um, so when you arrive at the airport, no matter which destination you go to, um, our team on the ground over there will be there to pick you up in a private vehicle and take you guys back to the hotel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all you really need to do is turn up and look for the Avatrex sign and yeah. uh, make, make your way over and then you're welcomed and sent on your way. So yeah, no stress at all with getting from the airport and stuff like that. I mean, I know we had one time me and Lauren thought we'd lost some people because we knew that they were going, but uh, a couple of customers didn't tell us that they booked their own accommodation and stuff like that. So we were tracking their flight. We knew when they arrived. And then the guys rung me and like, hey, they're not there. Where are they? And then we couldn't get hold of them for a day. Um, so, yeah, as long as you tell us, you know, if you're doing anything different. But um, as far as pickups yeah. go, yeah, also it will be there guaranteed. The, um, before you go, you send us your flight information and stuff like that. We yeah. send that to the local team and then they've got the airport um, tracker, the flight tracker. Um, so they know when the flights are in the air. They know when they're delayed. So even if you're delayed and you can't reach anyone, you don't have to panic. Your flight's being tracked and we'll be there to pick you up. It's no problem. Yeah, nice, Dave. And, and whilst you mentioned that there about, you know, uploading to, to your members area, leads me on to this one. Um, Steve, yeah, about uh, <laughs> my sleeve. Actually, one sleeve. Uh, yeah, Cotswold Outdoor. With regards to that discount, it is in your members area. Um, we've uploaded the new 2021 discount code. Um, it's, it's, it is actually the same as last year. They've... Uh, They've just basically put changed the expiry on the PDF, but we've uploaded it to the members area now, mate. So uh, yeah, if you want to go in and have a little look, um, you can use that code, um, you know, online uh, or you know, because obviously we can't go in store at the moment. Um, hopefully, when they open back up, you can then uh, you know shop around and have a look in store. But now, uh, yeah, you can you can use it uh, online, mate. So uh, yeah, just thought I'd yeah drop that in there. Cheers, Steve. Um, right, yeah. What else we got? We got. I uh, know we had a few come in um here we go any other questions i did see diane put some questions up there so, um, so yeah so diane has asked about yeah. rainbow mountain no, um, okay. so yeah rainbow mountain is um i'll send you all the information direct diane because i have to dig that out i can't remember off the top of my head i know some facts about it um but yeah basically it's a day trip that you can do from machu picchu so from from your machu picchu yeah. trip so it's literally from the hotel to rainbow mountain and back to the hotel in a day um, we organize the tours privately. We recommend doing it at the end of the trip, but you do have the option to do yeah. it at the beginning. But be aware the Rainbow Mountain is like, I think it's 5,200 meters, you know, so it's some serious altitude to get there. Although it's not, it's, it's not exposed, like, I mean, uh, not in terms of the time, you know, so you, yeah. you get in there, you get to the top and you get back down again. And um, sometimes you can do that before altitude even notices you're there. Um, but it's, altitude becomes dangerous when it's like prolonged time exposed to the altitude so um but yeah. at, at the end at least you know you've got you know the fact that you've acclimatized and stuff like that um but yeah so it does it doesn't really require an extra night in the hotel you can 
I think you can do it within the trip because it's that quickly, but an extra night yeah. can help. Um, I'll, I'll email you all of those costs and stuff like that. So Lauren, I know she's listening if she reminds me, <laughs> so I write it down. Um, I can send you um, all the details and stuff like that um, for the extra night. From memory, I think it's probably around between 60 and $90 a night, um, but I'll let you know specifically uh, after this. Nice. Yeah. Cheers. Um, yeah. Martin McCollum's on it. He's uh, yeah. If you see, uh, sorry, Steve, go back to the previous one about your uh, Cotswold. Yeah. Martin McCollum just put there. Um, it's a downloadable PDF. Yep. Martin, you are on it, mate. So, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, with regards to flights, I mean, just to kind of round it off a bit, really, because I know we've, we've got, if you have got any more questions, do drop them in. Um, with flights, especially at the moment, it's important to remember that, you know, if, if you haven't booked them yet, do book them direct. Uh, I think we're we're definitely advising everyone now. Book direct with um, with airlines. Uh, I know that you might get it cheaper. Um, it's, it certainly searches like um, when I sort of research for flights, I do look at like Skyscanner, Momondo, um, get the kind of flights where they're running from, and then then go to the direct airlines and then book the flights. So you know it's a roundabout way of doing it, but it just secures that you know as I think. Um, uh, Peter was, was talked about earlier about booking through one of the third party agency. You just get aggro if you're trying to reschedule. And I think now more than ever, you know, we, we need that flexibility with regards to your flights. I mean, it's, you know, something that, you know, go back probably 18 months, two years ago, that we wanted to try and do is include international flights in our trips. It was something that we realized we hadn't done. But unfortunately, with because of our numbers, you know, of, of people we, 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 we kind of take to every space camp in Killy. Um, especially when it comes to rescheduling it's a lot easier if you do it um and it's not that much you know if like for instance if you book through us it'd definitely be more expensive um and you know thank god it was like that because right now it is um obviously easier for you to reschedule than if you were booking yeah. through us um it just makes sense uh, i think when it when it comes yeah. to that and, you know so we want to make sure that uh, you know we're, we're all on the, on the same page with that uh, yeah. We know it's challenging right now, especially around flights. And obviously, we're regarding our end, which is the the land stuff. You know, running your trips. You know, we're always be flexible. Yeah. That's what that's what we're about. We've always been like that. We don't need COVID just to be like that. We're always flexible, and we'll remain so as we go forward. So, yeah. But when it when it comes to flights, look around. Um, you know, if uh, if you're lucky enough to to get to go on business class or something like that, then then well done. Uh, they are quite pricey, but uh, you know, there's plenty of options out there. But you know, I I quite like you know going in going in uh, you know cattle class. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's yeah. Heaps of options available. Yeah, give give me give me uh, business class every time, mate. Every time. <laughs> that ruined that's ruined flying for you, isn't it? Going yeah, on. mate. Uh, business class. Like we got upgraded for free, and ever since, yeah, I can't handle cattle class anymore. I, I mean, not that I I have a choice because <laughs> it's so expensive, but um, yeah, it was so good. Um, yeah, you're a back yeah, Laura. She said, um, she's used to go to October uh, uh, yeah. base camp. Wait, so you pulled up the second one. <laughs> uh, Laura's booked to go with uh, to Killy in October. Awesome. You're yeah. going to have a wicked time. Uh, what do you sleep on? Um, and do you provide sleeping bags that are warm enough? The answer is you sleep on. So we provide you with a sleeping mat. It's very similar to like those mats you used to do like gymnastics on in high school, you know, like those type of things, although maybe a bit harder. So what I recommend is if you want like a comfy thing, bring a um, like a, a Thermarest mattress, like a blow up one. They pack down to about this big. Although I do recommend bringing a pump as well, um, either battery powered or a manual one, because I didn't. 
and blowing it up got increasingly <laughs> difficult the higher I got. Like, um, yeah, and the one night, and I was like, "Wow, that is difficult." You mean doing that every day? Yeah, I mean, at one point, I remember I got stars in my eyes because I was like blowing it up, you know, and it it was yeah. it, it really uh, wasn't great. However, yeah, so we do provide you with one. Um, you know, if you don't mind a really firm bed, then it's going to be perfect for you. If you want something a bit softer, bring a mattress for blow up one. Um, we, you can rent sleeping bags over there. It's like $5 for the whole trip and they're definitely really warm enough. Yeah. Guarantee you that. Um, your second question, which was, where's the best place to get insurance for Killy? Yeah. So we've got some blogs on insurance as well. Maybe Lauren could post one here. Um, so true traveler is one that I know myself and Andy have used the most. Um, so I think they're usually pretty good. Then you've got what Campbell Irving, Big Cat, um, any Dr. like you, pretty good as well. yeah. I mean Kilimanjaro is so like well established that even if you Google the UK Kilimanjaro insurance, you'll you'll get a list of yeah. like a hundred different providers. We just from personal um, experience, I can say um, yeah. True Traveler are pretty good. Campbell Irving, Big Cat, and Dog Tag, like we said, they're the ones that we see we see pop up the most. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're trying to get some, I mean, I've reached out to some of these uh, to try and get, um, you know, a direct route into these companies. Very difficult at the moment, uh, especially over the last 12 months since, um, you know, good old COVID um, happened. But yeah, um, in the future, we might have some sort of direct links that will be easier and we might get some discounts for that. But until then, um, yeah. certainly, yeah, if Lauren can post that article um, uh, around, uh, ins- you know, the best insurance companies to use, and as Dave said, uh, you know, True Traveller, Campbell Irving, um, uh, Big Cat, you know, they're the big three, really. And, uh, I've got some videos on that page as well that kind of walk you through how to book them. I mean, they were current maybe 12 months ago. They might have changed a little bit because there's a little walkthrough because, you know, they're always updating the, um, you know, their websites and things. But essentially, you know, you probably get the idea uh, in terms of booking those. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Peter Fergus has mentioned there he's, he's booked through Campbell Irving. And, uh, you know, they are really good. I think we've had... You know, over the last sort of four years or so, we've had um, a couple of instances of evacuations. So it's always good to see which insurance companies are good when it comes to that. And you know what? Um, I think Big Cat Campbell Irving, we uh, were two people I remember off, off the top of my head, and their processes were fantastic um, in terms of, you know, we've got to get this person out, um, you know, in terms of because in Nepal with a helicopter, there's always that conversation between the insurance company and the helicopter company if it comes to it. And we're kind of the go-between. And, you know, those two companies were really quick, you know, get the customer out of there, get them to safety down to Kathmandu. And um, yeah. and that was great. So, yeah, just in terms of that, peace of mind, definitely when it comes to insurance companies. That's why we recommend them. Because if any, yeah. essentially, they're all really s- similar in terms of cost, unless you've got, like, pre-existing medical conditions, you know. Unfortunately, when it comes to age, if you're over a certain age bracket, it does get more expensive. It's insurance companies for you um you know because of the risk but yeah uh, definitely those two uh when it comes to to that um yeah a couple more on here was it uh, uh julie's mentioned uh, sorry i'm just going through all of these uh, right. any others you can spot mate that I've... yeah so um an interesting yep. one just popped up with yep. um i think it was um laura again <laughs> that's funny james ashley i had klm and i had enough points to get a sweet hat one it's nice send me a picture of the hat mate <laughs> um, uh, and it actually is an interesting one, not directly related to flights, but um, did base camp 18 months ago. Do you know what? I could have sworn I remembered your name. Um, well, in fact, I did remember your name, I just couldn't remember whether you've gone or yet. But um, yeah, which is harder? So, Killy or EBC? 
yeah. to be honest, it's a little bit like comparing apples and oranges. You know, they are very different trips in terms of, you know, what they are. Base camp's 11 days of trekking, Killy's eight. Yeah. So it's shorter. Um, and a couple of those eight days of Killy are, are quite easy, I'd say. Um, in fact, out of the eight days, I'd say there's two days that stand out that are probably as tough or harder than EBC. And the yeah. other six days are probably pretty much easier or about the same as an average yeah. day. Nothing too extreme. The day we go up to Lava Tower and down to Barranco Camp is pretty tough. Uh, yeah. You gain a lot of altitude in the afternoon and you go quite high, like a thousand meters gained, and then you come back down. It's all part of acclimatizing you, but it is that gain is quite tough. And Summit Day, <laughs> which is, um, Summit Day is harder than any day on EBC. It's a bit of a beast. Yeah. Um, I say harder, but it's, it's, it's more like, it's awesome. You know, it's epic. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a proper summit push. You kick off in the middle of the night. You know, you're trekking up to nearly 6,000 meters. It's, it's like a proper expedition. It's windy. It's, it's Honestly, I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. I'm right now, I'm telling you. After all yeah. we've been through the last 12 months, I would love to be on the summit Killy right now. Wow. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is genuinely, like, mind-blowing watching the sunrise yeah, uh, from the summit of Killy, it, it it's amazing, and so but it, honestly, the day will knacker you. It is so hard, you know. But it's it's not like laboriously hard, you know. It's like epically hard, is how I'd yeah. say. You're never sort of bored and just trudging along, and it's always awesome. So um, yeah, and it's always as well, David. I, I, as we're talking about that 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 you know the summit, um, it's about your mates as well, the people who are in the group. Yeah, and, and helping each other along because I think um, I mean I'm talking from our experience, but I know this has happened on dozens and dozens of trips. Is that you know it, it just you just need that pat on the back sometimes. Say come on, you know let's let's, yeah. let's keep going. Um, and especially on on Killy Summit night, you know you you need that. It's because uh, if you're like me and I, I I like my sleep, um, yeah. and you're hiking, you know in you know for for hours during the night, and you you feel like you're almost falling asleep on your trekking poles yeah. and all you need is someone to go, come on, stay awake, you know, give me a jab, you know, just, just keep me awake. But, uh, you know, it's great. Um, yeah. Nice day. But you were talking about that and it was, ah, can't go. Yeah, um, there it is. Summit yeah. certificate for Killy there, you know, with the ceremonial sort of necklacey thing that I got given. So, um, very nice. Yeah. It stays um, there and it stays proud. Shane Hubbard has asked a pretty good question, actually, uh, around, uh, hey, guys, uh, obviously, with the, the trips, um, all brilliant, uh, all spectacular. Would you have a, a trip that you recommend as a good intro to high altitude trips you specialize in? Yeah. So with them, um, I mean, with all of our trips, you know, they're all pretty epic in their own in their own right, really. I'd say, you know, in terms of altitude, if you want a little taster, then I, I think Tupkal in Morocco would probably be the one that I would recommend. Um you know, you're going up to just over 4,100 meters. So you are getting to, to what we class as, you know, high altitude. Um, but you're not there for that long. So it's it's difficult to to kind of say it'll be like when you're on base camp and, you, you know, you're above 3,000 meters for pretty much the entire trip except the first day. You know, then you, you, you do feel the altitude, especially on Killy as well, because you're up and down quite quickly. But with Tubecal, um, certainly if you're on our eight-day uh, itinerary, because we got a four-day... Yeah eight days so it depends you know what, what you know if you've got much annual leave or you know you've got that flexibility you can do it over friday to monday which is why we got a four day um you know so you can pretty much nail it have a night in marrakesh and then you're back home brilliant uh, but then if you've got a little bit more time and you want to make a bit more of a trip about it we've got two days in marrakesh and then you've got the rest of it then the mountains and you're at altitude for a significant longer period so um 
but I would say, yeah, if you're looking for that kind of intro, um, you know, tube car. That being said, and I think Dave will agree me with this, my first time around soon, I know a lot of people's are, yeah. is going for the big ones, going for Killy, going for Everest. And I'm not saying that's the best way, but altitude is, you know, it, it's it's hard to, you, you can't really acclimatise before you go. I know we, yeah. we, we talked about last week about high altitude tents and that kind of thing, which does, uh, you know, you can pre-acclimatise. But essentially, it's more or less done on the trip. You know, your, your speed, yeah. your hydration, all that stuff is there and then. Um, obviously, the training is important. But you'd have to train a high altitude essentially just to have success. I mean, the, yeah. the tried and tested way is just going out there and having an awesome time and, and, yeah. and, and taking your time and just drinking it in. Um, you know, and, and yeah, if you want to go straight into one of the big ones, there's nothing stopping you. And I know a lot of yeah. people on the year who have gone to altitude the first time, they've gone for EBC or Killy. For the first time, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm basing it just on your picture, Shane. You look like you know your way around the mountains. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I honestly think, yeah. I second what Andy said. You know, if you want, if like, if you want an introduction to it, you know, then yeah, Tupac would be perfect. However, there's no, not necessarily a need for an introduction. For instance, like my first time at altitude was Everest Base Camp. Yeah. Um, and you know, I acclimatized well, and I had a great time, and you know, I didn't think about it because. The only thing that kind of worries me, like if your ultimate goal is like you want to go to Killy or EBC or you want to do like Island Peak or something, something epic like that, then I would focus just immediately on that because I wouldn't want you to go to Tupacal, have a bit of a rough time, you know, and then think, oh, I, I couldn't do EBC something, you know, because that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, you can absolutely acclimatize and every time you acclimatize is a little bit different. We've talked about that in the past, you know, like both myself and Andy have, you know, probably done EBC more than the average person. Um, and you know, I know Andy's had a night in Gorek Shep when he didn't feel too great with the, the altitude and a bit of exhaustion. I had it on Kilimanjaro actually, where I, I took Diamox for the first time for the trip. And then I've had other trips where I've, I've barely noticed the altitude, you know? Yeah. Um, so your body will react differently every time, but as long as you do the basics, right, it'll always acclimatize, you know, to a degree enough to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. Um, nice. Nice. Awesome. So Shane, see you on a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Uh, you know, message us, Shane. Um, I, I can't recall if you're on a trip, mate. Um, uh, but if you do want to go to high altitude, obviously we'd we'd love to have you with us. Um, yeah. You know, definitely drop us a message, and you know we'd like to help you uh, plan that journey. Um, yeah, plan for when you can, so when we can go and uh, hike in the mountains. Um, yeah. Warren asked a good question, actually. Um, you know, I know we 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 briefly touched on this earlier in the call. Call either in the live um, around uh, you know potentially delays a look that I know I don't, I don't know why I said call. It's, it's like a Zoom call. This is Zoom calls, you know. <laughs> Zoom too much. Too many Zoom meetings at the moment. Um, yeah, how many uh, how many times do trips to Everest Base Camp overrun so extra nights of flights are necessary? Yeah. You know what? In the last four, because it's actually our, our five year birthday in March, which is nuts. I can't believe we've been going. We've run in trips for about four and a half years. Um, but yeah, essentially in that time, I could it's, it must be on one hand that we've had, um, you know, just thinking back, Dave, in terms of numbers yeah. of, 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 of groups that have been stuck. I mean, we've had a couple where it's more to do. Do you remember festival season a couple of years ago? I, I think if Brooke's on here and she um, was delayed by a day, yeah, they, all the the airlines just down tools, didn't they? Just out yeah. of nowhere. If I think you can count on one hand the amount of times where the delay has been more than a day. You know, so the majority, like delays in terms of hours, you know, frequent, that's normal. Yeah. You know, so 
you might get out on the first flight, you might have a two, three hour delay, it, it, but that's fine. That's all perfectly fine and normal. Like I've, um, I actually had two days in Lukla, not delayed. I actually, um, I got a chopper. <laughs> I got a chopper. I joined chopper club and got a chopper back. So I got back two days early and I actually had two days in Lukla and it was actually really enlightening to spend a few days there and yeah. just watch the weather, you know, and not like I was just sat there with a telescope, but you know, like you see the, you see, you see clouds come in, planes can't land half an hour later, the cloud goes out and you can imagine planes from Kathmandu, like scrambling, you know, to get there and stuff. So it, it, that's normal little delays. I would say, like Andy said, you can, we could count them on one hand, the amount of times yeah. that we've had. We had an instance where I, um, Paula, I believe, um, and another customer went and the monsoon was delayed by two weeks. Oh, yes. You know, which probably yeah. due to climate change or something like that. That was pretty much early to mid-September. Yeah. And that difficulty there is like, um, you know, the monsoon came in. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't hold it back. Um, and, you know, that caused a bit of a delay. So that two that I can remember. Um, ah, old Dougie Boy's confirmed it here. Yeah, he well, he was with Brooke. That's why I, I sorry, Doug. Uh, good to see you on, mate. He had plenty of snow action this week. I'm very jealous. I saw your pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, um, yeah. Going back to Lukla, uh, Doug was was uh, he actually spent a day in Lukla extra um, because of the festivals. Literally, the the pilots just down tools and didn't want to fly. So yeah, it was uh, you know yeah. something we had to manage. Um, and and that's why it's sometimes important just to have that extra day, unless you are you know with time and you and you have to get back. Uh, which I know Brooke did, and, and she literally landed at the airport. We organised her bag to get taken in a taxi from one of our staff from the hotel to the airport so the bag could meet her there. And then she was literally landed, collected the bag, and then flew back home. Yeah. And I remember she was like absolute craziness, but it worked. And, you know, we, that's, she got that's just Brooke, though, and she's an attention seeker. You know, <laughs> she does things that way. <laughs> no, I love you, Brooke. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. Oh, Shane, you've done Tupgal and you've done a few other summits in the Alps. What are you waiting for, mate? Island Peak. Let's go. <laughs> Island Peak, Mera Peak, you know, let's go. Um, Aconcagua, perhaps. There's an interesting question about Aconcagua. I just spotted it a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring that up, actually. Um, uh, Stephen, because um, Steve's booked on to do uh, EBC with uh, a, yeah. a bunch of his mates. Um, yeah. With regards to summit success, it's definitely a lot lower, isn't it, because of the actual challenge it is, Dave? Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's the highest mountain outside the Himalaya. It's just shy of 7,000 metres, you know, so you think Everest is 8,848. 8,000 metres are considered like some beasts, you know, so you're flirting with, you know, needing oxygen almost. Um, I would personally say, so with Aconcagua, Aconcagua is new to us, so we're going to be launching our first trip to Aconcagua. Well, it's supposed to be this year, may yeah, still definitely. be this year, but we'll, yeah. we're going to, you know, see our old Uncle COVID uh, allows us, but... <laughs> What we've done is so we've actually allowed um, time within our schedule. When we acclimatize on, um, there's like three other separate peaks, peaks and yeah. other peaks. I can't remember the names of Cerro or something. And um, we acclimatize on those. So we're not acclimatizing on Aconcagua. So Aconcagua base camp can be quite busy. People yeah. are doing sorties up and down Aconcagua. So we acclimatize on a quieter peaks, neighboring peaks. It also yeah. means you get to see a bit more of the valley. Um, and then we've got um, an extra 24 hours put aside for summit. Um, weather on any high altitude mountain is the key. We need good visibility and we need, you know, we need our temperatures not to be too extreme. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, I think success on Aconcagua is, is greater than you'd expect because it's not a technical mountain, you know. So 
that allows us to track in a little bit of bad weather, you know, so you, there's no risk of falling off or exposure or anything. Um, but I would say, yeah, it, it, it's one of those. It's hard to give you an answer because it's unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but we have done our best to uh, accommodate that unpredictableness yeah. by having an extra day involved in there. So if you do get yeah. up there and it's bad, you can always drop down to a high camp, wait out the when you get a summit window, you kind of go to the top. It's it's yeah. proper high altitude expedition stuff, and that's how they tend to run it. You know. Yeah, I think you've a good point there. It's um, I mean, looking, you know, with, with, with the itinerary, those extra peaks, it just means that, as, as Dave said, you're kind of not going up and down the mountain. You've seen a bit more of the area. So we wanted to try and make it a little bit different um, than just you know going up and down the mountain, which is, is cool. And we, we know a lot of companies do that. But essentially, um, you know, want to make the most of the adventure. So we, we've got a couple of other peaks that we do. They're nowhere near as high. I mean, the highest one is just under 5,004, sorry, 5,500 meters. Uh, which is called Valacitos, and that is, um, yeah, if you give that a little Google, you'll be able to see the area um, of Valacitos, which isn't far from Aconcagua. Um, and then, you know, it gives you the best chance then. And we do actually have two um, uh, spare summit days. So as yep. Dave said, if weather comes in, if we're delayed, if the group aren't doing well, okay, we can, uh, you know, it is an expedition, so we'll remain flexible and uh, to give you guys the best um uh, you know the best chance of success because look, you, we want to we want to get to the top back on Kagu. You guys, we want to maximise that. So yeah, um, yeah, certainly we'd 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 love to love to have you, Steve. Um, you know, whenever you uh, obviously want to come with us, mate. No worries. Yeah. Um, Sophie Arf has asked an interesting question as well about how many yeah. people are usually in our uh, group for EBC. Yeah. So this has actually changed a little bit. So ordinarily we sell them out at twelve, um, yeah. but we are having to be a little bit more flexible with regards to you know having to accommodate people that have had to reschedule their trip due to, you yeah. know, COVID delays and things like that. So it's possible it might swell to sort of 15 per trip. Um, however, what we tend to do is if the more people are on the trip, the more staff we put on the trip. So the more yeah. porters and more importantly, the more guides. So uh, even on a small trip, potentially you'll have a head guide and an assistant guide. If the group gets bigger, then we'll add more assistant guides. What yeah. that does is it kind of gives a big group, a small group feel because you know there's always a guide you can talk to you're not like waiting to ask a question or anything like that um what we are doing now as well is if we see that numbers are like getting too big we'll run two parallel groups alongside each other so rather than having say a group of 24 we'll do two groups of 12 each of them with their own core members each of them with their own guide and own porters you may be going to the same place at the same time like you are with a lot of other people not just ever trackers but um essentially what it means is that you know you have your own tracking a little like small group feel again whilst we manage everybody and get everybody to ebc i think yeah um it's it's one of those as well where like i think most people who will be able to comment when you are on the mountain you can kind of track with whoever you want to track with you know you can track on your own for a bit you can track with friends from your group you can chat to yeah. some other people from another group it's, it's a very sort of you all become like one large community you'll see the same people from other trips you know like I, was, I got really friendly with a couple of Brazilians on one trip. Um, you know, we were we were like, you know, they're still my friends on Facebook, you know, just from walking together and, you know. You're famous now, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I'm not Yeah, there were TV presenters in Brazil, I remember that. And uh, I was yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, a little, little look. You know, not that we watch much Brazilian TV, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe now we can have a little look, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, was a, he was a man and... Um, so they were husband and wife, husband and, wife. and they went there and very tragically i think between gorek chef and base camp um 
uh, Sophie, I think her name was, started to feel really unwell and stomach upset. Yeah. So I promised to bring her back a, a stone from base camp, you know, so she, she, cause she'd done all the work, you know, she didn't have anything left yeah. to prove. And unfortunately, you know, um, I suspect was drinking some water she shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I brought her back a stone anyway, so she did it. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, just uh, I know a few people have mentioned about sizes of groups and things like that. Yeah, it's one of those things. We, we again, we, we've had to remain a little bit more flexible than normal, especially over the last sort of ten months. Um, so yeah, we have uh, with some dates put two groups, um, and some of those are you know they're separate guys, separate groups running at the same time. Um, you know, so yeah, if you, if you see a date and you, and you think there's a lot of people on there, they would yeah. be two separate groups sometimes. So yeah, just just message us and we can clarify. Yeah, you know, if you've got a, you know, we're not going to separate people. If you're going with a friend, you'll be with a friend. Yeah, um, you know, a partner or you know, someone you know, someone you've connected with on social media. You know, we 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 never we're not people to say no. <laughs> we'll we'll make it happen. Um, it's not not a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we did have a situation where like, you know, if you want to trek with someone, we'll, we'll make it happen. You know, like we're, like that yeah. flexibility that Andy talked about earlier about you know goes pretty much with every aspect of the trip um i can just capture one guy lee stevenson he's on uh, april 2022 for an island peak trip and at the moment you're the only one booked on that can happen for a while because obviously the island peak numbers tend to be quite small um however you know get in contact with us and if around that time we notice there's a similar date where there's other people booked on then maybe we can move you on to that one um and get you going with people but i i'm very confident by 2022 more people will book onto your trip um 100%. Yeah. 100%. if it if it was ebc it'd be booked up by now you know, if it's killing me, but, but Island Peak's a slow burner, you know, because we generally don't get as many people. We do get quite a lot, but, you know, compared to like EBC, it's nowhere yeah. near as many. Wow, I just looked at the time. It's uh, half one day. Been on an hour already. Hey, mate, that, that, <laughs> hey, mate, that, 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 Oh, uh, I wanted to get that one in. Never yeah, sorry, <laughs> Well, it was really plain sailing today, so uh, that, was, that was good. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Don't let you have that. Let you have that. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, look, um, look. I, I hope we've we've answered most questions today, and you know, it's been great. Uh, obviously, have everyone on for the second second week of the year. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't answer your question, <clears throat> uh, we will try and get back to you as soon as we can. But we'll go through and see if we didn't answer. We'll, uh, you know, cause we we want to get those questions answered for you. Um, but yeah, Dave, um, another another great live. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, mate, that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, we get by on a wing and a prayer, mate. We do pretty well, and uh, you know, we wing these things. All day. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. Uh, well, look, uh, we'll catch you next week. Um, in the meantime, yeah, if you want an email, just fly them over to us, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm